podcast. I am Tiago Lima. And I am Tiago Malakias. And this is Things You Expect, your regular expat show. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between expats and airports. Stay tuned. Airports, airports. That's that's airports the or most travel. hated and loved place at the same time in the world. And you mean right now or or always? Always, always. I think it's always. It's never a comfortable place to be in. In my that's opinion, convenient airports. It, they just open airports today uh, all over Europe to for flights. That's uh, that's true. Hopefully, you don't have to quarantine after any flight, anyway. So. I'm not sure how the regular. I, I think there are many countries that are not doing that uh, yet. At least for the Schengen area. Do you have any flight no. plans yet? I hope. Uh, I'm hoping to go home to go to Portugal in September, but that always depends if I still have to quarantine two weeks afterwards or not. I just can't take a month of holidays for that. <laughs> well, right now, I don't think you have. I think if if you and you fly in July, you'll be fine. I've been trying to get contact to, to get my flights rescheduled to July, but it's been impossible. They probably just are swarmed. Um, anyway, do you are you, are you looking forward to go back into that traditional expat life of airports, <laughs> home, home airports? Well, it's not that I'm, I'm like looking forward to that expat life, but I'm looking forward to go home. I, I really like the the airport life. It's something that's never comfortable. Uh, it's like yeah. I'm always building up to go, but that's two hours stuck in the airport. I, I really started to dislike it. There is one thing that helps me that was an advice mm -hmm. from a friend drinking at the airports because airports are the only place in the world that you won't be looked like nobody will look to the side if you are drinking at five in the morning at six in the morning at seven in the morning or whatever <laughs> so it's like it's the perfect place if you want to get a beer in like morning afternoons whatever uh -huh. just go airports perfect so that that's actually something that's kind of made airports a bit more comfortable When you're starting to drink when you do a flight from let's say belfast to lisbon Which is what three yeah, hours? Well, the and if only, it's in the morning, if it's in the morning, I usually take just a big breakfast. As you know, as you know, I always I'm a big fan of um, uh, the um, yeah. breakfast sandwich in Starbucks. Yeah, so it's like it ham, uh, ham, egg, and tomato jam. Uh, jam. Uh, in a bun and then a, a cappuccino. <laughs> so that's my favorite airport breakfast. But if it's not in the morning, and that's the only exception is the morning. If it's not in the morning, I drink a beer. And yeah. in Belfast airport is great because the beers are just big pints. And it's just like lovely to get one in before you, before you fly. A big pint of beer. Wow, you're stepping up in life, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you, like, just try it out. Just try it out. Yeah, no, I believe you. Many people have told me that uh, it's actually a really good idea to, especially before long flights, to actually drink some alcohol. That I, I will help you uh, go through the flight easier. You'll feel easy, uh, more at ease, let's say. Yeah. Like the thing is that I, I don't mind flying. I don't. I'm. I'm not a nervous flyer or anything, and I don't yeah, mind airports. It's just that that security part. It's always so uncomfortable. You can have done it. 
for like thousand times but you always forget something because you always be passing security like this it's the belt it or is it the the watch or is it the the bracelet <laughs> it's like because you know it will beep i'm just like fuck oh so this, you are a beeper again i i am most of the times most you of always i always beep. forget something like <laughs> And even if I have taken everything, I already beeped because of some tag in my, my jeans or, or my boots or, or I don't know. Wow. Like, it's just like, I'm already ready to just have a conversation. Really? <laughs> so, I, I never have problems with beep. Well, sometimes I do, but it's very rare. I'm never stressed even in the security part. I was like, okay, let's just let me get in. I want to go, you know, eat something, have some coffee. I'm not stressed. It's just a rush just or like, distress. You know, not that I'm going to see, you know? And it's always like if you go home, for example, like if you plan for a big trip, like you always take a, a big backpack, like that's my case. And I always find it like so annoying if you have to open the backpack and that's those two, three minutes that you have to pass through security. I just find it that they ruin the whole experience of, of mm -hmm. traveling for, for, for a while. But well, luckily now beer. they have these new machines where you can actually don't yeah. not open your your not your laptop your your bag because they have these special scanners that can see everything it yeah, happened to true. me recently i was in an airport in which they said oh you don't need to open anything and then they actually called me aside and asked me to open the bag after passing through the machine because uh, i had this microphone that i'm talking to in it and they thought it was like super massive black mass on their scanner and they thought it would be like i don't know a bomb or something Yeah, like I had one one time I, I was going to London from Belfast and basically I had everything quite well packed in my backpack, but I only I only took my backpack, so it was only my carry on, but mm. everything was like quite like you know squeezed in, and they obliged me to take everything out, and it's just like why because I, because I, everything I, was so compressed. No, I think they they wanted to check something that's passed by the X-ray, and they they could not get it from the top of the bag, so I had to remove everything, and that that's just like it's so annoying. I just I get so frustrated out of it. But okay. especially especially if you do like a proper squeezed backpack, that everything just it's there in the right place, otherwise you won't fit, mm -hmm. and then you have to rebuild everything in the airport in two minutes. It's just <laughs> that's really stressful. Yes, when everything is to the millimeter packed. And then you have and, to open it. Ugh. And as you know, I'm a terrible packer. So it's like I'm a, I, I cannot make any decision of the leaving things behind. So everything <laughs> goes goes with me everywhere I go. Uh, you got to be smart at packing at least, uh, no? I, I have I have to start improving it. But I have to say like that, uh, you're talking about the buildup of going home. That doesn't ruin like the trip if we're going mm -hmm. home like like this this part of the security. Like it's just something that's, it doesn't really bother me, especially flying to Portugal, especially flying yeah. home. That's just a, a, just a happy flight. Like you're going home, you're going to see your friends, you're going to see your family. So yeah, it's yeah, always a nice moment. Never it's stress nice. in passing. No, it's always nice for the buildup and it's always nice on the landing where you, if your parents are there or if your friends are there waiting for you, that's always uh, yeah, well, a nice What was moment. the coolest landing you've had? The coolest landing I had? Yeah. Like uh, the, the place or, or just like the... Yeah, the reception. The <sighs> Did you ever have like uh, you land and then you you show up and then there's like tons of people with with the posters and whatnot saying hello Tiago? 
Not really, no. Like my 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 landings are quite peaceful in that sense. Like it's always my parents that are there waiting for me. It's mm-hmm. actually a tradition. I know where they are every time they're in the same place. <laughs> so I just land and I know exactly where to find them. No big parties or celebrations. Just like quite chill, like quite yeah, yeah quite yeah. nice. Did you already have a big a big landing celebration? Well, the very first time was the only time I actually had something like that. Uh, normally, uh, it's it's like you. My mom knows where to pick me up and she always goes with my sister and it's always in the same place, so easy. Uh, but the first time that I flew uh, back from Belgium uh, was after a few months of not seeing my family. It was the first time this ever happened. And all my friends were there with with posters and welcoming me. It was quite cool. That's quite cool. That's really quite cool. Yeah, it was really, uh, really cool. I never had that experience, but I also like the chill moment of landing and peacefully going to with my parents just for lunch or dinner, just, just the three of us or the four of us, my brother are there. But I really but enjoy that nice. too. Nowadays. And and i don't know if you're the same from the same opinion as me but like mm-hmm. the, there is a flight that's even going home i really dislike this is the christmas flight it's always overloading it's always fully packed and you you feel the tension in, in flight like people are just excited to go home and if <laughs> the flight does everyone is just like talking so loud and like like i don't yeah. know I, I just feel that's a lot of tension just accumulating in that flight and i just think that somebody sometime will snap against the hair hostess or something like that <laughs> like yeah the christmas flights going back to portugal is usually packed full of uh expats and immigrants that are going to celebrate it back at home and you can really feel the tension in the air in those flights definitely like if the flight is delayed like half an hour everybody's just like, yeah everybody yeah. is taking off you feel the breathing on your neck come on man it's not taking off it's not it even gets off. a bit smoky and everything yeah. <laughs> and then, like the knees just rubbing against the chair like oh it's not coming it's not flying yeah the trembling <laughs> That you, you can hear the teeth grinning, <laughs> and then and then there's always a baby, obviously in those flights that are <laughs> tension. Only and babies, one, uh, only one, like ten babies screaming out loud. Uh, nothing against say, that, but it's it's like a chorus in those special flights. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. And, and actually there was a flight I remember like uh, Easter is, is quite similar to Christmas there's a lot of people in, in Christmas in Easter flights and yeah, one time it was the, my first year in Belgium I planned to go home in Easter it was my first time going back home and when I arrived at um, at the check-in they offered me 400 euros for my ticket because the wife of uh, a politician in Portugal had died, so they were va- uh, like they were trying to pay off seats of normal people to give it to politicians mm-hmm. that are working for the European Union. And at the time, like I was just so excited to go home that I said no. Like they had offered me four hundred euros with that money, I could have stayed in the hotel across the street of the airport and still have like two hundred in the pocket. And like I was so excited yeah. to go home that I said no. Like that, th- those times you don't think properly, but but today I would think back like four hundred. Like come on just sit down relax and have a beer yeah, it, it depends on the flight that you're taking i mean it was an but important they, personal flight so you, you but you they said they, they would make sense they would they would have rebooked me for the next day so like uh, i had and, nothing and to would lose. have that made a difference for you the, the one day no literally okay. not so you missed an opportunity there man <laughs> 
two, two, yeah, <laughs> two pockets, uh, four hundred. But uh, but that's just a. But there are a lot of people that do this. Like they they book mm-hmm. flights on these special occasions because they know that they will they, they will just profit out of these buyout flights in the check in. And they just go once, and there are people that know when are the best dates to for this, especially in America, that you can overbook a f- uh, plane. Ah, okay. I was not understanding where you were going with this. Now I see. No, no, no with like the overbookings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like in Europe, that's quite rare, but in in America, they do it quite often, and people just are aware of this and try to buy flights and and pockets and profit out of it. Yeah, uh, here yeah. I never had this issue of overbooking or not having a place. Oh. Never even saw seen it. But uh, another another interesting thing, and um, it's like since like we have we we have discussed this before about Ryanair mm-hmm. and EasyJet that they open the doors for for to Europe and you 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 have a lot of cheap flights home. But what do, do you, you feel that open the doors like just uh, like our generation is the first generation that's flying everywhere in Europe for really cheap flights? for really cheap prices like uh, our parents like they didn't have that opportunity because flights were just like a a really expensive thing to do Ryanair and and other like lower price companies like they opened the doors to fly but the thing that I and that's obvious and everybody knows this and I I won't talk about it what I want to to talk about is that because you lowered your expectations on a flight like normal companies like British Airways or or TAP the Portuguese one they also lower their their offer to clients so for example when i was a kid and the first time i flight i remember in flight eating like proper meals like stews and like uh, warm meals and today they give you a sandwich like if they give if you something lucky. like if you're lucky so it's like it's kind of like if you if you have lived in like before this and in europe you would fly for example from lisbon to madrid and they would give you like lunch proper warm lunch and today they would give you a a sandwich it's kind of it it doesn't ruin the experience but it's it's i, I don't know it's disappointing yeah. i would say <laughs> Yeah, like, I see. Uh, it's it's just a different experience, and that mostly has yeah. to do with the rebranding of flying. I mean, mm-hmm. Ryanair brought a new paradigm to to the whole flying industry, uh, and it completely changed the game. And yeah. this is what you're talking about of how the game changed, yeah. and now how the other companies had to adapt. But um, I'm honest, man. I, I miss the stews on board. I miss the the warm meals. I miss the the squids. <laughs> <laughs> now I get like ham and cheese sandwich every time. If you fly <laughs> in, it's not it's not the same thing. It's not the same uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Only in long flights do you actually get nice meals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're which, talking which about I long yeah, let uh, you remember that flight that we did to to Vietnam in the legendary Aeroflot. Oh yeah, and that's it was a legendary uh, flight. That's another thing I want I, I wanted to talk uh, to talk to you about. Like uh-huh. long distance flights, if you fly in economy class, isn't it so annoying that every hour or every two hours they are just announcing some shit that you don't care about? You're trying to sleep, and every two hours, for example, that flight they do this from Moscow to Hanoi, legendary Aeroflot, the best. I don't know air flight company in the world and like i just went to sleep <laughs> i have heard this like 15 times like i, I, I think I in, 
don't think every airline does this. It, it was just an exclusive thing of Aeroflot. Oh my god! Because I, I think the, I, yeah. the latest long one I did, I, I use um, KLM, and I didn't hear any announcements during oh. the flight. It was overnight. Like that that Aeroflot one, I, I think I slept like for two hours, and and I gave up. Like I I can't I can't deal with <laughs> this waking up with his voice again. Yeah, I just do. You, do you remember if we had any drink before the flight? To make it probably, easier, probably probably we. I think I we had, had in some Moscow. crappy tea, but yeah, yeah, I think we had we tasted vodka in, in Moscow. Yeah, tasted is not uh, drinking. Yeah, true, 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 true. Well, but yeah, that flight was in. Another thing that in flights that are, is interesting is the space that they don't give you for your legs. <laughs> Space that they don't give you, but now yeah. are we talking about the long haul flights or the normal flights? It's, it's slightly like, different. Even well, the maybe long not for you. You're big. Yeah, in the in the long one, like I think I had to sleep with my feet on the corridor. Like uh, in economy class, it's they give you a bit more space, but not a lot of space. It's always yeah. can do a lot I, about I, it. I don't have leg space problems usually in airplanes. Yeah, nah, I do have maybe because I'm pretty important. average in size. <laughs> <laughs> no but it is interesting and do you have any any funny story that you witnessed or actually experienced in any airports uh, like funny funny is funny or, or, or th those type of stories that I missed a flight because something happened um, oh I have a sad story about that which was when I went to the US the first time well I only went once so it But the first flight, um, it was from Belgium to Chicago. Okay, it was, I think, an overnight flight. It was all good. Eight hours or seven, seven to nine hours, I think. And um, that was all right. I landed. I had my visa, the ESTA thing ready. And I passed through passport control. All Everything was very good. But then they found some issue with my passport, maybe something to do with my name. And I, I spent like two hours uh, waiting in the how to say the, the the border control basically yeah the border control yeah yeah so what happened was that uh, because these airports in the US they they have um, air conditioning pumping full power and i was sitting in a small room full of people for two hours with maximum air conditioning i got uh, a bit sick uh, and i missed my next flight which was to san diego where i was going to have a conference starting the next day Uh, so I missed, I missed the flight, uh, and then I had the flight rescheduled for a, in another couple of hours, so that's all good. And I went, and I, I was waiting for the flight, which was then postponed for two more hours. Uh, so during all these four hours, I extra, I basically spent uh, six more hours in the airport that I was counting on, so it was six more hours of AC. And I got terribly sick. I got uh, an infection in my throat that lasted me for the whole week. So I basically spent a six-day conference, five days in bed because of this airport experience. And did you go to the doctor there or because you were in America, you didn't risk paying paying the huge... Well, I, I ended up calling a doctor to come to the hotel because I was that bad. Halfway. Oh. I, I, I had medication and I was treating myself for like a day or two but it was not getting better so then at the third day i just decided to call a doctor and of course i paid my left eye <laughs> how much did you pay if i, if I ask 
uh, it was like 600 euros or something 600 it and then the, the thing he, he just gave me a tiny antibiotic for uh what was it strep i think yeah and and in, in a day i was perfect and i could have my presentation on friday so and, <laughs> it and wasn't a flop but yeah i missed the whole conference but uh, you were insured for that trip, so I can imagine those yeah, 600, yeah, a part of it was yeah going to the States without insurance. It's, it's yeah, it was, but imagine first time you're going to the States, you're so excited, you're going to go to yeah, a conference, yeah. it's going to be amazing, but then you get stuck in the AC rooms and you get sick. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's, that's, a, tough that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a, a tough one. It was a tough one. Airport. That's a tough airport story. No, I have it, was, to admit, I, yeah. it was fun because I was terribly sick with very high fever and I ended up going to all the restaurants because I was there with my boss and he loves going to restaurants. So we went to eat crabs and pizza and whatever else and I was like super sick, but we still went. That's not too it wasn't bad, so bad, I would say. That, I, I would basically spend the whole day in bed and then he would come, let's go have a meal and I would go and I would come back, stay in bed again. It was good. Yeah, it's shit. <laughs> Man, it's um no i've never been through that like the i'm actually a really good flyer like i i never lost a flight or um yeah the, i only lost the flight because the passport control was nothing else yeah, yeah like there I'm, wasn't even anything wrong it was just some name issue. some name no no for me it's like uh i've never been that unfortunate and i've never lost a flight the only time i lost a flight was actually i oh i booked wrong uh, european trip to france and i booked in a weekend that i was not supposed to go so i just had to just uh, re uh, changing that flight with easyjet would be more expensive than to rebook the flight so i just waste the flight and the only other time that i actually quite boring almost missed the flight was like in norway to six in the morning when i had to go to the airport and they have like international departure departures or national departures and i was sleepy so i thought that like i my bo my boarding gate was like 1a or and i saw board gate one so i just went to gate one and i was looking at the board and i didn't see any english written or any anything related to <laughs> you where were in the domestic flights and i was just waiting and waiting and waiting and in five minutes to, to departure i was like i went to the the guy in the boarding gate and like where is this flight going and said here and I'm like <laughs> i need to go here and the guy said you have to run across the airport so it's just i picked my bag and just ran across the whole airport and i was the last person boarding <laughs> and the guy was like we were waiting for <laughs> you i'm like shit but yeah that was the only wow lucky the only the, uh, yeah the only time I, I got a bit scared in the airport for all the rest it's quite quite nice and quite a, a have been good i have yeah. had good experiences um yeah i never have besides that one the rest was all very standard no nothing movie like nothing uh, you always hope for some movie like thing but um not in, it never really happens if you are uh, if you go on time to the airport with Ryanair, sometimes you have that uh, baggage drop experience in Christmas flights that everybody's trying <laughs> to dispatch their bags and the lines are like two, three hours. And then out of the sudden, you your flight is in half an hour and they say mm -hmm. every passenger for Brussels uh, can... Yeah can come in front of the line and drop their bags and everybody's just putting bags at the same time and it's just chaos. Uh, yeah, but before uh, they actually had that policy, you just had to skip and ask people to do that. It happened to me once that I was in this line. It was forever. 
And then I, and my flight was coming up and I just had to start asking to skip to just drop off my bag and then go. That's, uh, At least now they're a bit more efficient. Yeah. But still, like, it's interesting. Um, if you want to just make a break now or just. Yeah, keep it going. is time to make a break. So let's, let's do it. So, guys, during the pause, I'll bring you five interesting facts about airports. So, today we talked about airports, and these five facts are amongst a lot of myths, but I think these facts are confirmed. So, the first fact is that there is an airport in the world that opens an exception to the three ounce maximum liquids that you can bring. It's in Genoa, in Italy, and you can actually bring extra pesto besides those three ounces that goes through a special pesto scanner. Unbelievable, these Italians really like their sauces. The second fact is that half of UK largest airports, uh, they, it's more expensive to park your own car for 24 hours than to park an airplane. Like, talk about airport stress, right? <laughs> the third fact is that only eight pilots are certified to land at Paro Airport in the Himalayans. So it's considered to be one of the most challenging airports in the world. I wouldn't like to be piloted by the ninth or 10 pilots not included in the list. Uh, so for the fifth, for the fourth actually, if you ever wondered where your tax money goes, so apparently British taxpayers paid around 300 million euros for an airport in the remote island of St. Helena uh, in 2016, which only landed one commercial aircraft. The airport was subsequently deemed as useless. For the last fact, the fifth fact, but not the least, and for me the most mind-blown, is that much of airport security measures are theater, and they provide almost no security benefits. Mind-blown. So adding to the fact that airport stress is due to these securities, this is like, unbelievable. So another interesting thing about expats and flying so much and a person that's used to travel is packing. You should get better at packing. Yeah, that you already uh, mentioned that you're not very good at it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I would like to go back on that, like uh, how bad the situation gets. Like, uh, <laughs> and uh, the example when me and Tiago went to Vietnam, uh, <laughs> that was like polar opposites. Uh? Full opposites. So we, yeah, we were going for 16 days. And in Vietnam, you have a lot of markets where you can buy cheap clothes. If you, if you don't want to carry a lot of things, you will be. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what you thought. But I didn't want to risk that. So my bag was like on the 20 kilos. So I took everything I needed, boxers and, and underwear for the whole 15 days, t-shirts for the whole 15 days, shorts, swimming shorts, everything was packed. So my bag was you were full. super prepared. It was super packed. I mean, you could barely drag that thing along. You, I remember you walking like slanted to the side with the bag, like, Urgh. But it was perfect because you, I, I think you took like two kilos of luggage because you thought I'll just buy on the first day underwear and everything. And <laughs> yeah, my thought process is everything there is cheap. So I'll take just the minimum basic underwear and minimum articles I need. And then I'll just get myself sorted. 
So my bag was super light. I just had my my mask and my my fins there for for snorkeling, and I had some some camera and stuff that for fun, and barely any clothes, which was. But the fun thing on that is like, I, I totally understand you, you take minimal clothes, but at least take underwear for half of the trip, not three boxers <laughs> and, and like a pair of socks. That's just like, well, I managed to wash to, everything and it was fine. Huh? Uh, it was, but fine. the idea, but the idea was to buy things on the first or second day. We were already on the fifth day and Tiago was already on the second wash of clothes, reusing everything <laughs> because it was also. Efficient. But also, I thought you wouldn't have any, like, I would say that you didn't, you wouldn't mind buying anything on those markets. You would be, have no, no, uh, no boundaries, no, no choices, no body, no boundaries, no choices. Just first thing you saw and, and uh, what you did was like, you were so picky on the markets that by day five, <laughs> you had bought nothing and you're already washing your underwear for the second time. So that was interesting. Yeah, I was, I was a bit picky. I just wanted something simple and they just had crap and like tons of fan things that, that I really didn't like. Of course, I could have just picked anything, honestly, but I was being a bit picky because I thought I could. I thought there was offer and I could do that you know my mistake was not buying anything on the very first day because we on the very first day we landed in hanoi and there was a market where we were there yeah, and true. that would have been the best idea but i didn't think about it and then yeah <laughs> then we started moving around the country and no more chances to buy clothes so <laughs> there goes tiago with three or four pairs of underwear and and some t-shirts <laughs> and that's it but the funny thing as well is that we planned like on it was on the way back so uh so the way we carried us so I, I took 20 kilos there but on the way back because we bought so much things on vietnam i had Oops. to get get an extra luggage to bring back <laughs> like, yeah we had to buy bags to bring the extra luggage but for contextualization people need to know that we went there to buy suits there, there was a um, yeah as Tiago said there was a part of the trip that we were expecting already to buy suits there was there's a city called Hoi An where you can get really uh, tailor-made suits really good quality for like um, factory prices price. yeah so we had that in our trip but along the way we did most of the country and along the way we bought so many things that by the end of the trip I had to buy extra luggage like, to bring back home so it was the 20 kilos that I took plus like 15 bringing back with a lot yeah. of merchandise like <laughs> two suits <laughs> and we also planned for this because our return flights actually included checked in luggage while true, our true, first true, flights true. did not have it so it was we we, we had it all yeah, planned we, out uh, yeah that's that's <laughs> true i thought i had to buy it but no 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 we got it but that's why um, i was so surprised at the start how you already brought so many things <laughs> you have to be trendy independently of where you go <laughs> You just have to, br- to be prepared to be prepared, like beach fashion, night fashion. You have to. And that's why I'm a terrible packer. I'm a terrible packer. I have been flying for the last few years, but still up to date. I cannot do a proper luggage. I cannot just for the weekend. I, I can't. I always bring extra clothes. I don't know. I don't know. I even you always have home. a spare suit in your bag. 
<laughs> lately almost lately almost <laughs> like uh, in christmas i had an event like i had to land in portugal and go to an event that required a suit well i arrived late um there was another problem i had brought car keys in my pocket that were not mine so uh the first thing i had to do was arrive at the airport send the keys back to the uk because they were not mine and the person was without a car for the for the coming days and uh, so all of the the landing situation was terrible i had a suit in my hand because i had to change for that suit but after being late for like two hours i just gave up on that idea and i just took the suit to portugal and brought it back without even using it so you didn't use it no i didn't go to the event i told you yeah i know that event but didn't we have the yeah. other big event after and you use a suit i did i use a suit I don't know. I was wearing a suit. You were wearing a suit. So I just assumed it was so the I same saw, suit. Yeah. All right. So I did use the suit. That's true. Not for the main event, but I did use the suit. That's true. Oh, ah, so it was so not yeah. a waste. <laughs> not a waste. I was like, Whew. <laughs> at least I carried the suit and I used the suit. Nah, but... Um, but uh, the packing worthy story. Yeah, but the packing, the packing is bad because even when you fly to Portugal, you still have things back home. So... Yeah. You don't need to pack almost anything, and I still do. Did you so. ever, did you ever have this to do this uh, this vacuum thing for packing so that you can compress more things and take more luggage? When I came to the UK from Belgium to the UK, I did that. Uh huh. Okay. But you are. I, I, you are I still did this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. Go go. I did this that, I, on the very yeah. first time I flew. So I was coming on Erasmus to Belgium. And uh, my mom thought it was going to be very cold here. So we bought many clothes for, you know, winter. And then it didn't yeah. fit my luggage. Of course not. So yeah. <laughs> I, I arrived in Belgium with tons of luggage, everything in, in vacuum sealed bags for three but months. The problem with Notes that was just for three months. But my problem with the sealed bags is that you don't have an idea on the weight. So you just keep on putting clothes and taking the air out. So you have the space, but you don't have the weight. And then it's overweight. So yeah, that's why I never yeah. need it again. But the thing that you, it's funny that you say that the first time I went to the Netherlands, it was the same thing. I thought I would go, I was going to die with cold. So I just bought like insane thermal clothes and I never used them. Like it was, yeah, I have tons of thermal clothes and I don't use them. I have the, this gigantic winter clothes, uh, Coke. Jeez. Coat. Cloak. Coat. Yes. I tried to say cloak and coat at the same time. Well, that, uh, <laughs> And I, I never wear it here in Belgium because it's so huge and so warm that I never wear it. I only wore it yeah. when I went to, to Russia in the, in the the pinnacle of winter. And but even then, I got zero degrees, so it was not worth it. But that's a funny thing. Like uh, when you are in Portugal, because the winter fashion is the same both for the south countries and for the winter countries, that you, you really think that you need the extra winter clothes because you're already wearing the winter clothes in Portugal. And in reality, the thing that's wrong is that you are over, like you are wearing clothes that are not fit for purpose in Portugal. Those same yeah. clothes would be perfect for, for Baltimore or Netherlands. So it's just like the, our perception of cold. <laughs> Or cold people in Portugal. Nowadays, I, I wear a t-shirt in Portugal, like in Christmas. Yeah, me too. Like, like me too. And then everybody tells me you're gonna get sick. No, I'm not. Word. Fine. Yeah. Trust. It's fine. But um, it's uh, 
but coming coming back to the airport, like uh, it's the the greatest feeling is to come back home, have your family there, and just going for a big family meal after you've landed after a few months out. And with yeah. this COVID situation, it's already nine months that I'll be here. Uh, yeah, if you go in September. Uh, yeah, so that will be a great return. Actually, yeah, me too. I, I'm trying to book the flight now for July, and seven months is a long time, man. Yeah, if you don't plan for it, because for example, like, if you go to Australia and you plan, I'm I'm staying out for any yeah. uh, for one year. It's just the mentality, the mentality that okay, I'm not expecting to yeah, go yeah. back. It is a quite different concept, but since we've been, at least me, have been so close to home for all these years that I've been living abroad, I would yeah. go back frequently enough. So actually, this is most likely the longest I've been away from home. Yeah, Def definitely for me, definitely for me. And for many other people, for sure. So we're all going through yeah. this together. Right? Yeah. Just let's hope that this airport situation just reopens and everything is coming back to normal. Soon yeah, everything seems to be okay, at least today. I've seen that uh, the airport in Brussels open and there's already many flights and everything is going well. And they even rejected one passenger that had symptoms. So it seems that the system is working. That's fine. That's perfect. I already have my masks ready to fly. So yeah, me too. Just need the flights. <laughs> Just need the flights. Go back That's to the flying experience. Go back to the security stoppages, the sandwiches on board, and the pints at the airport. That's the most important and crucial part of flying this. <laughs> but that's don't it. Forget, drink your beer. Drink your beer at the airport. Folks, yeah. don't forget to subscribe. Uh, follow yeah, us follow on Twitter. Us. And SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Podcast, iTunes. Google Podcasts, Stitcher. There are so many softwares out there. We're in all of them. Just follow us. All right. See you soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Things You Expat. And see you in the next episode. Don't forget to leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 